0: Hey everybody. I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stop Ridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message.: Well, I want to go ahead and get started uh, this morning, and again, we're, we're glad that you're here. Um, I uh, heard about a, a little boy by the name of Johnny. Who was uh, going with the church one Sunday morning? And as he did, he went to his group. And uh, in Kids Church, he went to his group, and his group leader said, Okay, we're talking about the statements of Jesus. So we want, to, uh, we want to have some object lessons next week. So I want you to go home. I want you to look in the Bible, find a statement of Jesus, and bring something, uh, some kind of item in that represents that statement. And so Johnny said, Oh, he was excited to do that. And so all the little kids went home. They come back the next week to church and, uh, and they time for their little group meeting and the leader said, okay, said, uh, let's talk about the statements of Jesus. And so this little girl stood up and said, you know what, said, I have a glass of water. And said, because Jesus said, uh, I am the living water. And wow, everybody thought, whoa, that's good. And then, uh, now that the, the next uh, little boy stood up and he stood up and said, hey, I've got a piece of bread here because Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And so next it was Johnny's turn. Johnny jumps up and the leader says, go ahead, Johnny. And Johnny holds up an egg. And she's like, you know, what's that all about? You know, a little puzzled at what he was going to say, but, you know, she's excited. She said, go ahead, Johnny. Johnny reaches over and cracks the egg right on the little girl's head beside him. And it begins to run down her. She said, Johnny, what are you doing? He said, Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some of you are going to wake up tonight going, oh yes, I got it, got I it, got it, it's good, it's good. Uh, you know, uh, today we're doing, we're continuing our series called Tweetable Jesus because they're statements of Jesus, statements that he made uh, that are to remember, and, and listen, we say if he was living, you know, if he was walking in the flesh today, these would be things that he probably would tweet. And one of those statements today is what I call, or what Jesus said was hashtag follow me. Hashtag follow me. As we dive into this uh, story and, and this teaching today, what I'd like for you to understand is that uh, Jesus had a way of introducing himself to people, and, and one of those ways was that he was walking along a lake. It's called the Sea of Galilee because it was such a big lake. But he was walking along the shore. Have you, ever, have you ever been on the shore of a lake and and you've heard someone talking out on the water? You ever heard how the your voice sort of carries? Well, Jesus is walking along the lake, and he hears these two men that are out there fishing in a boat talking. And he begins to say something to them. He says something that's really wild to me because Jesus is a stranger to them. And Jesus looks out at that people on that boat, those two guys, and he calls out to them. He says, come and follow me. And so I want you to see the response, what they did as a result of that call. And it's found in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Look what it says, Matthew 4, uh, uh, 18 through 20. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and his brother Andrew. They were casting their nets in the lake. They were fishermen. Jesus said, let's read those three words, what Jesus said. Come on, let's read them. Ready? Come, follow me. Come, follow me. And I will make you. Notice that. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and what? Followed him. They followed him. I, that's pretty amazing to me because I don't think that I would follow a stranger. Yeah. Do you? I mean, like, you've got to get real with the Bible. I know some of you are like, whoa, you know, that's Jesus and the disciple. No, no, no. They didn't know him. And all of a sudden, he's this stranger who calls out and says, hey, listen, bring in your fishing tackle. Bring all your gear in and come park your boat here and come follow me. Leave everything you know. And, and there was something about Jesus' call that made them do They did it. They just pulled up and said, okay, let's go. And I don't know that had that been me on the, on the water and Jesus said, hey, come and follow me. And he's a stranger. I'm like, listen, man, I don't know you, so I haven't got nothing to do with you, you know. You got the wrong person, right? I mean, wouldn't you, come on, let's just be honest. If you didn't know him and somebody says, hey, won't you come and come follow me and just leave your stuff here? I'm like, oh, no, Jack, uh-uh. No siree. And, and so there was something amazing. It was a miracle in that that they actually followed Jesus. And so, there's something that Jesus would say to you, and there's something that he would say to me today, and he still says, and that is, follow me. So, when I ask you this question today, I'm going to ask you this question several times. I'm going to ask you the question, what is Jesus saying to you, and your words are, follow me. Okay, so let's practice that, in the upper room as well. You ready? Come on. So, what is Jesus saying to you? Follow me. Follow me. That's right. That's what he's saying to you. He's always saying that to you, and he's always saying that to me, follow me. So the question I have is, how do I do this? You know, it's easy for the disciples, right? They saw him. I mean, physically, they saw him, you know? And if you want to know what Jesus looked like, just sort of look up here. (laughs) Every picture you've ever seen of Jesus has looked just like him, right? No. No, he doesn't look like me, thank God. But when I get to heaven, I might look like him. Right? So anyway, so how does it look like? So they had a physical person to follow. We don't have that. So what does it look like to follow Jesus? That's the question. And so today I want to share three things with you that I think will help us to know how to follow Jesus. All right? So the first one, would you write this down, how to follow Jesus? Number one is this, is desire to know, desire to know what Jesus says to do. Desire to know what he says to do. If we're going to follow him, we've got to know what he says to do. Now, would you agree with me that we live in a DIY culture? Would you agree with that? Do it yourself, right? We live in that culture. I mean, everything that we get anymore, when you, when you buy something, it seems like everything we get, we got to put it together, doesn't it? I mean, it, Amazon doesn't deliver it put together. And let me tell you something. There's been quite a few discussions that Rhonda and I have had through the years because no longer does Santa put things together, and a lot of things he doesn't put together, right? And sometimes he delivers them boxes. And so, Rhonda and I have had very intense discussion through the years over trying to help Santa's elf because they didn't put it together. Okay, are you tracking with me right now? I know I'm on thin ice talking about Santa Claus, aren't I? You know, get back to Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, so, anyways, what I'm saying is that, I, you know, what I've learned to do is that Rhonda and I would fight because I'm the kind of guy, you know, I am your man, Rhonda, I'm your man. And so I got this, and so I look, they got a picture on the box. Who needs the instructions, right? right. And go for it. And I, we did that for years, I did that for years, and finally, you know, and finally she would always come and get the instructions and say, Now Jeff, did you do this? And Jeff, you need to do that? And we would just get in a big argument, you know? And so finally, after over 30 years of marriage, what I want to tell you is that the other day I became her hero because I had ordered this chair it came in and it was an office chair and you know she was doing something else and I got out, got out of the box and the first thing i had done was I picked up the instructions and I began to read them and she's like there's a God in heaven yes all the ladies are applauding right now yes there's a God please touch my man that way I'd read them I put the chair together and after, she didn't say anything until I got the chair together. And then she'd come home and said, I just want you to know, that chair is so hot. And I want you to know the hands that put them together are hotter. And I was like, my, mama, my my, 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 So from now on, the instructions come out first. And so what I'm saying is, but in life, we need instructions. You know, we, ha- we need a manual we do- because we don't know what to do. And so that's what the Bible is. It's, it is our instruction guide. It is our instruction. And in your life will not, you're going to do things wrong and you're going to say, man, I regret that, I regret that, I regret that until you get it right. And you've got to know what's right. You can't do what's right until you know what's right, right? Amen. That was a lot of rights. <laughs> yeah. We always say this at SEC, you can't do better or be better until you watch. So you know better. That's right. So here's what the Bible says: Hebrews four and twelve. For the word of God is what? <laughs> well, you said that week. Let's try that again. You ready? For the word of God is what? <laughs> Alive and powerful. It is sharper than the uh, sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the, sword the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. Now look at this. It exposes our inmost what? Thoughts and desires. Thoughts that, you know what he's saying? God is saying this. The Bible, when you read it, what happens to it? is that once you get, you get to make decisions internally, you get to work things out internally, like when you're thinking about something, and all of a sudden you've read the Bible, and you know inside that it's not right, you're already having those thoughts, if you can deal with it on the inside, you don't have to deal with the consequences on the outside. You see that? Because when I, if I'm only thinking about doing something that's not right, and all of a sudden the Word of God tells me it's not right, if I don't do it, then I don't have a problem. It's when I follow through on the outside that i got a problem, right? Like, you know, uh, you know, don't spin that car out in front of you, Jeff, right? If I hit the car, then guess what? I got a problem. Now I'm just talking to some of you as well, all right? So here's what I want you to know. You will be tempted to say when it comes to the Bible, you'll be tempted to say, I tried reading the Bible and I get nothing out of it. You'll be tempted to say that because there's some things that you're going to start reading and you're going to go, what? This doesn't make any sense. But here's what I want to tell you. Keep reading. You know why? Because it's not what you get out of it. It's what's getting into you. Amen. Did you hear that? Amen. And what's getting into you will save your life. It will save you. Look what. Again, look at the next verse that Jesus says. In John 8 and 32, Jesus said this. He said, to the people who believed on him, you are truly my what? That's Disciples. Right. if you what? Remain That's faithful right. to, my, to my teaching. That's right. And you will know the That's truth, right. and the truth will... Truth will set you free. Jesus said, so a disciple is a follower, is a follower. What is Jesus saying to you? That's right. Let's try it again. Everybody in the upper room. What is Jesus saying to you? Follow me. Follow me. That's right. That's what a disciple is. Is follow me. Now, see, the truth of God's word sets me free to be me. The truth of God's word sets me free to be me. So many people are still trying to find themselves, and they're not going to find it out here. They find it in here. If you want to know who you really are and you want to find yourself, it's in here. There's so many people that maybe you've met and I've met that after they've come to Christ and they've started getting God's word in them, they were doing things with their peers that was not good. And they were just doing it to sort of fit in and they would say to me that, Jeff, that was never me. That was not me. That was the, I, When I was doing that, that wasn't the real me. This is the real me. You will never find you until you find God, until you get God's word in you. You'll, be, you'll find you. And you'll be lost until. You see, breaking God's commandments breaks you. Breaking God's commandments makes you broken. And so that's why God doesn't want you to break them. As, as, so sin blinds you. But God's word helps you find you. Dear God, that's good. Mm, I think I'll amen myself. Amen. That's good right there. It's the truth, right? Listen, as not, and when you're, see, sin is not, sin is following what you want to do, right? It's following what everybody else is telling you. It's against God. Yes. And I'm telling you, sin will blind you. I was so blinded by that. Everybody, I've heard people say it over and over. By my old life, I was blinded by that. But God's word will help you find you. Oh, here's another thought is this. Finding our, your identity will help you lose your, uh, your anxiety. Let me say it again. Finding your identity will help you lose your anxiety. A lot of us are anxious about a lot of stuff because we don't know who we are. And it's only when you get in God's word that you find out who you are. And you're going to be a wreck until you find it out. Because listen, when you're boxing with God, your arms are too short. Amen. Amen. You can, ne- you can never be at peace in your life as long as you're fighting God. Never, you will never have peace. You can you may, listen. You can smoke all the dope you want to, but friend, it, you can never get that high. Amen. 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 I'm telling you, a Rocky Mountain high will not get you there. <laughs> you guys draw this out of me. I'm telling you, you draw it out of me. Look, look. Salvation is salvation is not just about trying. To get into heaven? No, 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 no. Salvation is by heaven getting into you. Amen. See that? Some of you feel like you know, I just want to go to heaven. Well, let me tell you something. That you can have better than that. I, I, you can have heaven while you're here. That's why Jesus prayed in the Lord's prayer. Jesus said what? He said, "Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." What was he saying? He's saying "You can have heaven now. You can have some heaven now." Now, in heaven, there's going to be no problems around you. But here, you can have, you can have a touch of heaven now. And, and that's why, listen, there's a lot of us in this room that's been Christ followers a long time. And guess what? We don't really understand what it's like to be fully in the world. We don't understand all that pressure anymore because we've been out of it so long. Yes. You see, we've been saved a long time. We've got heaven living inside of us. That's right. That's why Rhonda said, Jeff, you are heavenly. <laughs> and then I woke up. So Jesus says, so so what does Jesus say to you? Follow me. Follow me. That's right, follow me. Now, I have something I want you to do because it's going to help you, and I want you to be helped. I just want you to know that, listen, I beg God all week to let me say something that will help you, something. I want you to get better. And so this is something that I believe will help you. It's, It's the next step. It says, I will do my best to read or listen to God's word five times a week. Now, don't freak out there. Two minutes a day. Two minutes, that's all I'm asking you. And so I say, you know, maybe you don't like reading. Well, we, there's an app, it's called the YouVersion Bible. Uh, you can put it on your phone and it'll read it to you. I'm just asking you, listen, two minutes a day, two minutes, five days a week, two minutes, five days a week, two minutes, five days a week, that's it. Why? Because remember, it's what's getting in you. Because what's in you will come out of you, right? It will come out. And so if you keep putting that in you, at, right, at that time when you're just about to cuss somebody out and you're about to do something bad, all of a sudden what's in you comes out and it's like it just shuts your mouth and you go, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's, that's what God's Word does for you, right? It helps you. It, it tells you when to shut up. Okay, let's move on. All right. Okay, so how to follow Jesus, all right? So remember, let me ask you, what is Jesus saying to you? Follow me. That's right. Number two, write this. Determine to do what Jesus says to do. Determine to do what Jesus said to do. Oh, this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because it gets real. Look what, Listen to what, what it says. It says, Matthew 7, Jesus is saying this. He's, Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into the what? Breakfast. Is like a? wise man. Who built his house on the? The range came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a what? Blue. Blue. So notice the, the fool is a person who does not practice it. Whoever built his house on the sand, uh, who built his house on the sand, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great what? Okay, here's the difference. Because we're asking the question, what's the difference? Well, Jesus said, one heard my words and did it. And the other one heard my words and didn't do it. So basically, what happened, the difference between a wise man, a wise person, and a foolish person is this. The, the, the wise person says, okay, teach me more. How can I do, let me know what I can do more. And the wise person in this story said, you know what? Okay, i got to build on a strong foundation. So they actually went and climbed up the mountain, dug into the rock, and built their house. But you know what the foolish person did? The foolish person said, okay, what's the minimum I can do? What's the minimum I can do? What's the minimum? Oh, oh, I'll tell you, the minimum, i am just, right here on the seashore, i just build my house right here. I ain't doing all that work. What's the minimum I can do? And the Bible says those storms, the same storms came to the the wise person and the foolish person, but the foolish person collapsed. His house collapsed. Here's how it lives out with you. Many people ask God all the time, what's the minimum I can do? What's the minimum I can do and go to heaven? You know, uh, can I just pray a prayer one time? Can I pray to go to heaven with one prayer and live like hell while I'm here? Isn't that that amazing? It's the minimum. minimum. Now let me ask you something. If your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or wife comes to you and says, Honey, I just want to know what's the minimum I can do to be in this relationship? (laughs) What's the minimum I can do? I mean, can you imagine, like when you know, Rhonda, I, when she walked down the aisle, and here, Dad gives her away, and the pastor says, "Okay, now, Jeff, I want you, you know, you say I do," and right before I said I do, if I said, "Now, Rhonda, well, wait a minute, no, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, I just want to ask you right now, before we go any further, what's the minimum I can do to be married to you? What's the minimum I can do? I mean, like, can I cheat on you? You know, is that okay? What's the minimum? Now, some of you are going, what? But many times we treat our relationship with God that way, don't we? What's the minimum I can do? What's the minimum I can do? And let me just tell you something. Your house is on the sand, baby. Why is this not working for you? Because you're asking the wrong question. What's the minimum I can do? What is Jesus saying to you? Follow me. Follow me. Not the minimum, but follow me. Follow me. He goes on and picks it up this way. Look in John 14. Jesus was speaking again. One of his followers asked this question. There was one called Doubting Thomas. You may can relate to him. Uh, he didn't, you know, he was like always asking these questions, always doubting. And Jesus had just told him about going to heaven. You know, we're going how to get to heaven. And look what he says. Then Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Look at Jesus answered. I am the what? Way and the, and life. The, no one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus was saying this, he's saying, listen, don't worry about trying to figure it all out, just follow me. I am, he said, I'm the way, and once you follow me, you'll, you'll be going the way, and then the truth will be discovered along the way, and you'll have life, you will have real life. And so, I, you know, Jesus said, I am the way, he didn't just say go the way. I didn't, I didn't really understand this until a couple years ago, about seven or eight years ago, Rhonda and I decided to take a road trip, and our in-laws went with us, or her parents, my in-laws, went with us, and uh, Caitlin. And we had a GMC envoy, had seven seats in it, and uh, so we had let the seats down, packed all of our stuff in there, and Caitlin, my daughter, she was, you know, real young then, and she had a a little bitty cubby hole that she was sitting in. I mean, like, she was packed around, you know, uh, there, And, and so then, that wasn't enough room, because we were cheapos. Like we were going to save money, and we were going to, you know, we carried our own food with us. So I had a little uh, rack that I put on the back of that thing that that fit in where the trailer hitch goes. You know, slid that rack in there, and it's about this wide, and you know, as long as a car. And we packed that thing with big coolers all over. We had our sandwich stuff in there. We had all this. We were cheapos, you know. And so we're going up the road, and, and we'd pull off on the side of the interstate over there, and we'd have a sandwich. You know, it was the Clampets that come to town. <laughs> The Beverly Hillbillies, you know, that's what we look like. And and so, uh, you know, some of you have to Google the Beverly Hillbillies, but uh, (laughs) that's what we look like. And so we went all the way up through, uh, you know, Pennsylvania. We went into New York City. I mean, here we are with these big coolers on the back. and We're like, who are these hicks, you know, coming to town? And we drove on up to Niagara Falls. And then we we ended up, we wanted to see one of the Great Lakes, so we drove over to Ohio, and Lake Erie was there. And so when we come into uh, Cleveland, Ohio... Uh, you know, we don't know. We're just going. And so we said, okay, there's a park. It says Lake Erie. So we pulled into the park. And when I did, this cop pulls me over. He comes and pulls me over. And I'm like, I know I'm not doing anything wrong. I mean, you know, I got my in-laws in the car. I'm going slow, you know. <laughs> and, and so um, he pulled, he said, sir, can I ask you where you're going? And I was like, I guess my car gave it away that I was taking a long trip, you know. And he said, "Can I ask you where you go?" I said, "Yes." I said, "We're going to go in this park, and we're going to um, have lunch beside one of the Great Lakes." And he said, "Sir, are you from? You're not from around here?" I said, "No, I'm not from around here." And uh, so he said, "Well, I want to tell you, I want you to leave this park because this is very dangerous. This area is a very dangerous area." And he said, "I'm telling you, get out of this car. You may not make it back in." Okay, so then I'm scared, you know, like, oh, oh yeah, I'm trying to act calm, you know, everybody's in the car. And I, he said, well, I tell you, I said, well, we just want to have lunch on the Great Lake Erie. He said, okay. He said, I tell you what, go down here. And he started naming all these roads. I said, sir. I said, I appreciate that, but I have no idea where these roads are. I don't know. He said, you know what? He said, just follow me. Just follow me. He said, I'll show you the way, I'll be your way. And so, sure enough, I got behind that patrol car. I felt so empowered. I didn't have to worry about stopping any traffic lights or any road, anything. And because if, you know, there was a light that got our way, he flipped those blue lights on, we'd go right through. You know, I didn't know. He had all the power, all I had to do was follow. And sure enough, he took us to a great place. and, And we got there. And after we got there and parked, he left and waved at us and we thanked him. Let me tell you something that's exactly what Jesus does for you. He says, don't worry about how to go the right or the left. Don't worry about all the direction. Just follow me, and I'll be your way. I'll get you safely home to where you need to be. Amen? Just follow me. And so Jesus says, follow me. Now, here's the thing. You may be asking the question today. What do I need to do to follow Jesus? I'll tell you, here's what you do. Is you start doing the one thing, the next one thing that you know to do that's right in God's eyes. If you want to follow Jesus, you just do the w- next right thing that you know that Jesus wants you to do. Just do that. The next right thing that he, you know he wants you to do, do that. That's called following him. Take that step and move on. Okay? All right. So let's move to the third thing. All right. You ready? Well, before I give you that, i got a question for you. What is Jesus saying to you? Follow me. Follow me. He's always saying that to you. Follow me. The third thing, how to follow him, would you write this down, is surrender your will to Jesus. Surrender your will to Jesus. Look at this passage, everyone. In Luke 10 and 27, Jesus said, Love the Lord your God. Let's read what's underlined. Ready? Come on. With all your heart, okay? And with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay. I want to I break the first part of this verse down. I don't have time to go through it all, but the first statement after Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your what? heart. Okay, that's the first one, with all your heart. Let me explain this to you. When you love the Lord your God with all your heart, I don't really get that. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, all of me. You know, I don't know all of me. Like, love Rhonda with all my heart, does it mean my feelings toward her? What does it mean? Well, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. What your heart means is your will. Your will is your heart. What you're willing to do. Now, I want to show you, I want you to use your will, all right? I'm going to ask you to do something. I'd like for everybody that will, please do this. Everybody in the upper room as well. Would you do me a favor? Would you just raise your hand right now? Everybody, please, in the upper room as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you up there. Alright, you can put your hand down. I want to ask you something. Did I make you do that? No, I asked you to, right? But I didn't make you do it because for me to make you do it, I have to get up, come down there and grab your arm and say, alright, put that arm up, right? Would you agree with that? That's me making you? So really, you just used your will. Some of you we didn't think about it because I asked you. You trust me. You just used your will, and you you didn't think about. You didn't say, okay now, okay now shoulder you move, now elbow you move, now wrist you move, and then arm arm you got to move, and your hand you didn't think all of that, did you? No, you just you just used your will. Your will moved your arm. You know what your will is? Your will is a choice. You chose to move your arm. Did you agree with that? I didn't make you do it, you chose to do it. I asked you to, but you chose to do it. So when Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, what he's saying is, is love him with your choices. Love him with your choices. When you love God, the way that you love your spouse and your children and, and your family, your mom and dad and the people that you care about is you love them with your choices. That's how you love him with all your heart. You love him with your choices. Jesus showed us this example, uh, you know, in, in Luke 22 it says this, Look what Jesus says about Jesus. Remember, he's about to go to the cross here, and he's talking to the Father. He prays. Jesus prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my what? Not my will, but yours be? Okay, so what was he saying? Jesus was saying this, God, I don't really don't want to go to this cross. This suffering, cup of, cup of suffering, he, he saw it, he knew it was difficult. It was going to hurt. It was going to be painful. He said, so, Father, it's not my choice to go, but it's not about what I choose, it's what you choose for me to do. That's what I'm going to do. And so he said, not my will, not my choice, your will, your choice. See what I'm talking about? And so he, he loved him with his choice. He made a choice. And so the way that we love someone is that when we choose what's, what, what's best for them, when we love God, we choose God's way. We make God's choices, right? Now, why would Jesus want us to give our will to God? Why why should we surrender our will to God? Why should we do that? Well, the reason that we do that is because, remember, our will is our choice, and here's the deal. You make your choices, and your choices make you. Would you agree with that? I mean, every one of us tell, like our parents told us that, and you probably have told your children that, and you know, uh, our students, uh, our young people probably have heard that all their lives, is that you make your choices, And your choices make you. And so what I want to share with you is this, is that remember, what does Jesus say to you? Follow me. me. Why is he saying that? Because when you follow him, you make God's choices, right? Why? Because you can never be any better than your choices. Did you hear that? You will never be any better than your choices. And so here's the deal. If you want to be better, you make better choices. And the best choice is always a God choice. Did you hear that? The best choice is always a God choice. Now, I want to tell you, this is salvation. Like, you know, salvation is not just getting to heaven. Salvation is having it while you're on earth as this is is that you begin to make God choices, and it saves you a lot of pain. Right? It saves you a lot of regret. It saves you a lot of difficulty. Listen, if it were not for God living inside of me and helping me to make the God choices, reminding me of that, then listen, I would have been divorced a long time ago. I would have been in adultery a long time ago. I would have stole a lot of stuff. I would have been in jail. And so would you, right? Thank God for those God choices because He's reminded me and through the power of His Holy Spirit I have not done what I wanted to do. Had I done what I wanted to do it'd be a bad day. Right? And so would you. And so the way that we love God It's through giving, surrendering our will, which is our choice to Him. Lord, it's what you choose. Even if this is painful, even if it's difficult, God, I give it to you. I give it to you. Now, what I have for you is I want to show you, we have a prayer in our program called the Prayer to Become a Christ Follower, okay? Not just, oh, I want to pray one time and what's the minimum I can do. No, this is how you have salvation. So I want everybody to look at it because I want to read it. Look what it says. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I am a sinner. That means I'm making my own choices and I'm not choosing what you want me to do. And I ask your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Now here we go. I will trust and what? Follow you as my Lord and Savior. In other words, I want to do your will, your choices. And he goes on to say this. The prayer goes on to say this. Please help me turn from my sins. In other words, the things that I choose that are against what you choose for me. And do your what? Well, now let me tell you something. We just read that, and some of you today are reading that. And you're saying, That's what I want. And for you, I want to tell you that if you meant that, and you say, That's what I want, is, is I want you to just check it on the back of this card. And we say, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower today because I'm tired of making these bad choices. I need God to help. Amen? And being saved, what happens when you invite Jesus in is all of a sudden you get a God consciousness that reminds you of the God choice. He will never override your choices, but He'll remind you of His. Amen, somebody? And so He reminds us of that. And I thank God He's got to remind me or I'd be, I'd be messed up and in a lot of trouble. And so would you. And so today I want to challenge you to do that. Now, you say, why would I want to make God choices? Because, you know, maybe God got it in for me. Well, let me show you what God has, says here. Jeremiah 29, 11, He says about His choice for you is this. He says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to what? Prosper you. And plans to what? Not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a? Future. Give you hope and a future. Let me just say this to you. I am, not, I am at my best when I say yes to God. Did you hear that? I'm at my best when I say yes to God. That's it. I'm at my best. And I'm at my worst when I say yes to me. And I reject God. It's my worst. And so today I want you to do something I want you to surrender today. In other words, God, I'm tired of making my own choices because it keeps getting me in trouble. It keeps calling me pain and anxiety. And so I want you today to do something. I want you, everyone, to stand with me, if you would. Just stand with me. Now, I want you to, if you got something in your hand, just put it in your seat behind you because we're going to do a little exercise here together. I'm gonna ask everyone if you will, again, if you're willing, if you choose to, I want you to do this. I want you to do something with me. I want you to I want you to think about all the stress that you have. I just want you to think about all the problems that you have. I want you to think about it, all the stuff you got going on right now. Think about it. I mean, feel that, feel that weight. Do you feel that? I mean, like it's pretty it's pretty heavy with me. Now, would you take your hands and, and your palms down here like this? Take your palms. And right now, would you just lift those up like this with all that stuff that you just thought about, you holding it, all that stuff, all that stress, all that anxiety, all that fear, all that, you know, relationship that's going bad, that work problem, all of that, that physical problem, all that stuff. I don't know about you, but I sort of feel my arm starting to, to, to tighten up because I'm carrying a weight. How about you? You carry, got it? What do I like if you do now because since we're carrying it, we're going to go ahead and grip it so we don't let go of it. So go and just close your fist up like this. Close it up. Now would you do me a favor? Would you just roll your fist over like that? Would you roll it over? On the count of three, we're going to drop this weight. You ready? One, two, three. Drop it. Now would you turn your hands back over and would you hold them up again? And would you say, God, I surrender to your will. Would you say that with me? Come on. God, I surrender to your will. Come on, say it again. God, I surrender to your will. One more time. God, I surrender to your will. Look, isn't it amazing how your hands have went higher? They've, the load has already gotten lighter. And so right now, what I'd like you to do is take the next three minutes right now, and I want you to keep surrendering to God. Today, the, the, great, the, the easiest thing you can do is surrender. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message.